just remember that don't be afraid play in traffic like you're you're not you're not you're not part of traffic yeah, play, play in traffic just you know, totally ignore what your parents told you yeah, when you were five years old traffic. and just play in traffic yeah. i want to be my current self from this point forward i want to learn how to play piano working with human beings drinking wine in the middle of the day i want to be a I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern. In today's episode, I interview fixed gear legend Sean Martin about the sport of fixed gear bike riding and the lifestyle of fixed gear bike riding. He'll tackle the tough questions like... What the heck is fixed gear bike riding? And how would somebody get started riding a fixed gear bike? And what does the cost of that look like? What does the setup look like? And most importantly, why would someone want to ride a fixed gear bicycle? So for those of you that don't know what a fixed gear bike is at all, it is a bike that only has one gear that is fixed that you can't you can't change it. So when you're riding a fixed gear bicycle, you constantly have to pedal and be moving your legs. You can never stop moving your legs. So for one, that sounds like a lot more work than riding a normal bicycle. And the other thing is that often they're not equipped with uh, any form of braking. You just have to stop, you know, crank your legs backward to stop the bike from moving. So the other thing is that sounds a little bit more dangerous than riding a normal bike. Um, however, after interviewing Sean, I am on board. It sounds like an awesome new way to ride a bike, um, which isn't new, but it was new to me, but it sounds like an awesome way to ride a bike and um, kind of a nicer way to connect with your bike and connect with your surroundings and connect with the world around you while you're riding a bike, which I am all for. So as always, you can go to halfhourintern.com for show notes and links for anything that we discussed during the episode. Without further ado, here is Fixed Gear Riding. Sean, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. So uh, let's start with the elephant in the room, which is what the hell is fixed gear cycling and how does it differ from regular bicycle riding? Well, in a, in a nutshell, uh, a fixed gear bike, it generally means, well, it's derivative. It, it, it generally means that it's a, it's a fixed drivetrain. So it's a single speed. So no, no changing of gears. You just have one, one gear. So a pair of cranks, a front chain ring, and then on your rear wheel is a smaller cog. And the thing that makes it fixed is that the the cog is locked in place. So there's a, a lock ring that keeps the wheel from coasting. So a normal road bike with gears, you can stop pedaling and you'll still be in motion. With a fixed gear, you have to continually pedal or keep the pedals rotating to continue moving. If you try, what happens if you stop? If you uh, if you try to just coast, you'll get bucked, like essentially like getting bucked on a horse. Like you just your rear wheel will pop up and potentially you will crash. Um, so the, basically, your pedals are going to keep moving no matter what. Mm-hmm. So you better keep moving your feet, otherwise your pedals are just going to. I don't know. Yeah, like yeah, they're going to lock up and buck up. Yeah, yeah, essentially, like the whatever direction the bike is moving, it will continue moving as long as the pedals are rotating. But on the flip side, um, stop. So people ask, how do you stop? Well, some some people throw on brakes. I'm kind of a traditionalist because I I started in the early days of of fixed gear riding, and I ride my bike brakeless. So to stop, you essentially get your weight off the saddle and lock up 
the pedals, which causes the rear wheel to skid. So if you think about when you watch like a professional hockey player and they do a hockey stop, it's essentially like that. Like you're just going at speed and you basically are skidding the rear wheel to cause your bike to break. And that's the way now that I think about it, uh, and hopefully I'm not the only person that had a bike like this. Like that's the way that children's bikes are, right? Because you don't have handbrakes as a Mm -hmm. child. You have to put your pedals backwards to kind of brake? Well, with those kind of bikes, that, that has a coaster brake. So it has an internal mechanism in the, in the, hu- in the, in the bottom bracket where the, the cranks are connected that you just pump back and it, it, it creates a braking motion. Okay. Um, but with, with a, a fixed gear, it won't stop. The pedals don't stop. They're still moving. So essentially you're holding them in place. So there's no brake at all attached no to your rear wheel. You are just physically stopping your wheel with yes. the force of your body. Yeah, your, your brakes are your legs. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Why the hell would anyone want to do this? So if you, if you can have a bike that's much easier to ride where you get brakes or where you get multiple gears that make it a lot easier on you, um, what is the allure of doing what you do? Well, to, to put it in, in a, in a, in terms, it's almost like a, a surfing, like you're one, like a surfer would say you're one with your board and the wave, you know, you're, you're, you're controlling it, but you're manipulating the environment around you by riding the wave. It's the same thing by riding a fixed gear in the streets. You're essentially surfing the roads. You're, it's you, you're attached to the bicycle and you're the one controlling it. You're the one manipulating it and making it go faster, slow down, cut through holes, jump curbs, because you can't stop. I mean, yeah. you, you can stop, but you really don't want to. You just want to keep moving. So it's really, it's, it's, it's almost like a Zen thing, um, if that makes sense. Totally. Like it's you and the bicycle. Yeah. It's your destiny. You, you have to pay attention at all times. Your head is like wibbling around 360 degrees looking at like pedestrians dogs cars doors because all that stuff will fuck you up if you're riding a brakeless bike and you're not paying attention yeah totally like man that's so funny that's like the perfect analogy analogy to use surfing and it's funny that the idea of a fixed gear bicycle would sound so strange to somebody that doesn't uh isn't familiar with it or doesn't do fixed gear cycling when with surfing, if they came out with some sort of like motorized or easier board or something that could turn be- better because of technology or whatever, that would kind of be balked at by everyone. And they would say, no, exactly what you just said. No, like I just want to be attached to my board and let and you connect with the ocean. And that's how this is supposed to be done. That makes a lot of sense why you would want that same sort of experience out of a bicycle. And in the early days, like for the first, you know, how like... 20, 30, 40, 50 years of cycling, that's the way bikes were. Like they were a single speed and they were brakeless. I mean, of course they, they invented brakes and they invented coaster brakes. So things started changing and then they realized like the, the way a derailleur like shifting happened was during the tour de France, Campagnolo was tired of having to like change cogs out. So he invented a system and made gears essentially like, you know, mother of, what's the phrase like necessity is the mother of invention. And that's basically what it was. He was tired of like beating people up a hill, but then having to change these cogs and the group would, would catch him. So he was like, I have to fix this and coaster brakes were invented, but luckily they took 
those bikes, the single speeds, the fixed gears, and put them in an environment where it really can shine, and that is velodrome racing, basically whipping around a large oval, and those bikes are, that's where they're they're meant to be, and that's where you can have the most fun with them. Yeah, I Because bet. there's no cars, there's no traffic, you're just basically going fast as you can and turning left and just raging. Like, it's super fun. How fast do you get going? Uh, like, that. like, the super duper amazing professional pros can get up to, like, 40s. Like, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, like, yeah. just generating so much power on a, on a single-speed bicycle. How much more dangerous is something like that when you don't have brakes, really? Or when they're doing the velodrome racing, are they, do they have brakes attached to those bikes? Uh, no, 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 no brakes are allowed on those bikes at oh. all. And that's, that's where, like, as I said earlier, being a traditionalist, that's how I view them in the street as well. Like, this bike is meant not to be ridden with brakes. So on the velodrome, it's actually quite safe. Like, you're, you're, whatever your skill level is, you're riding within your skill level or racing within your skill level. And, you know, of course, accidents happen. But on, with a velodrome, because you're in a closed circuit on a banked wall, you know you don't have to stop. So there's no skidding. There's nothing like that. You just basically, like, there's a crash. You avoid it by moving up the banked wall. And, you know, you, you just learn. Yeah. Um, but, of course, in the street, like, like I didn't, when I started riding these bikes, I had a brake on at first, you know, I'm not, I, I recommend that if you're going to get into fixed gear riding, please have a brake, wear a helmet, you know, learn, learn to crawl before you learn to walk. So talk, take me through your crawling to walking process. Did you ride, you know, regular bikes with multiple gears before you got into fixed gear or did, were you just born on a fixed gear bike? <laughs> I wish I could say I was born on a fixed gear bike. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like people think that I was, but um, uh, essentially, like I grew up, my my family were all out. Everyone in my family is an avid cyclist. Um, I started riding bikes, you know, as everybody does as a child. Um, but then I got into skateboarding, and, and the bicycle took a backseat, meaning parents got rid of it, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. And then uh, I was skateboarding for a very long time. And uh, moved moved to Seattle, um, hilly, still had a skateboard, decided that, like, you know, maybe I need to get a bike. So I got a BMX, which was a mistake. Like, it's hilly in Seattle, BMX, tiny gearing, it's not good for going up hills. Like, basically going down was fun, but then having to turn around and go home was terrible. Um, so that, so it was like, it would wax and wane with this BMX bike. But uh, my, my sister and my brother-in-law were very instrumental in creating like an urban cycling community in Los Angeles. My brother-in-law founded the Bicycle Kitchen. Um, my sister is a bike advocate. She currently works for LACBC, which is a Los Angeles Bicycle County Co Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition. So they create bike lanes, awareness in the streets. Wow, cool. So back in back in 2001, 2002, they invited me to meet them in Portland. Um, for this thing called Puma, the Portland United, Portland United Messenger Association hosted this event called the Westside Invite. And it was three days of illegal street racing and basically bike parties. And I, I took a train down with my BMX and spent three days chasing local Portland and Seattle and San Francisco, Los Angeles bike messengers all over Portland seeing these events where people are riding on like road bikes, um, cyclocross bikes. And it was the first time I ever saw a fixed gear and my mind was blown away by it. Like this dude essentially passed me as I'm struggling on a BMX, 
on a on a single speed drivetrain and he was riding it side saddle on the top tube so he was basically sitting on his top tube of the bicycle not on the saddle and just pedaling with one foot and because of the fixed gear drivetrain it kept up the motion he just had to like you know just barely push it down so i asked my sister what is that she's like oh it's a fixed gear my brother-in-law was riding one he let me check it out i instantly fell in love went back to seattle got rid of the bmx i didn't go in straight into fixed gears i bought a road bike just to like start riding bikes and then a buddy built one up through the stories that i told him i followed suit and then the rest is kind of history like i, I just started riding fixed gear bikes in probably like 2002 2003 um and then just never look back. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, when you switched over to fixed gear bikes or when you first got that opportunity to ride one, what is it that was so nice about it? I would imagine a lot of times if you become a specialist in something, you can do that one thing very well. So mm -hmm. is a fixed gear bike any smoother than a multiple geared bike or? Yes. The, the way the drivetrain is, it just creates like, it, it helps you work on your cadence. Um, you're breathing. You, you don't have to like think about like, oh, I have to shift right now or I'm approaching a hill and I have to break or whatnot. You're, you're, you're not, you're just pedaling. You don't have to think about anything. You just focus on like getting yourself up this hill or, you know, sprinting around this car. Like you, you just, it's, it's very smooth. You know, the bike works with you, yeah. you know, like don't, if you don't fight it, the bike will do whatever you want. Yeah. So if somebody were to be living in, let's say, like a flatter geography, mm -hmm. right now they have a regular bike, I mm -hmm. assume you would recommend that they try out a, a fixed gear bike? Yeah, for sure. If you're living in like, let's say somewhere like Arizona where it's it's extra flat and, you know, the roads are super nice, like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's really no reason for you to have, you know, a road bike unless you're pursuing the, that type of like riding and racing. But if you're just like city riding, getting around and you want to get into it, like, Highly recommend fixed gear drivetrain in like a flat, flat area. I mean, to, to start off with, like you can, you can zip around pretty fast. It's low maintenance. You know, there's not all these moving parts that you have to worry about. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you can also, the, the other thing that really got when in the early days when I got into it was being able to customize the bike to your personality with like a, a geared bicycle, like a road bike. It's hard to customize it completely to you, like whether it's colors or like, you know, like your bar tape, like there's only so much you can customize on a road bike. Like frames are pretty much already painted the way that the company wants it. You know, with a, with a track bike, fixed gear, you can take everything off, send it to a powder coater, have it painted any which way you want. You can customize your wheels, you can customize your chain, like your bar wrap, everything, like however you want it. Like you can do multiple different kinds of handlebar setups. So you're not just using drop bars or risers, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things you can do. And that, that was a big appeal for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so many companies like here in the city and I know in Arizona as well, that will just build a bike from scratch with all the things that, you know, you're mm -hmm. talking about right now. Mm -hmm. um, inexpensive too. So know. yeah, that was going to yeah. be my very next question. So, all right, somebody listening to this right now, they're like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. That may be more of an experience than just the usual riding the bike that they're doing right now. Mm -hmm what would they be looking at to get into it? Like what sort of range, I guess, can we expect? Well, with, so there are more, there are a few companies that do um, like direct online sales um, and they're complete and like bottom of the barrel, like cheapest 
which I do not recommend you do. It's probably like a, a complete. You could get a complete for like 150 bucks, 200 bucks. Wow. So that's a complete that's bicycle crazy. shipped to you, and you can jump on it and ride it. But you know the caveat is is that buy nice or buy twice because those bikes are not very good and they will probably fall apart and you're just going to have to upgrade your parts and eventually that frame is just going to be shitty and you're you're not going to want it and it'll be discouraging so then that that that's like bottom line like uh a another brand this brand heavy pedal they do um a complete called the passage which is super nice and it's 699 dollars like it's that's that's a pretty good fair deal I think for a complete bicycle that you won't have to worry about upgrading. You can basically take it right out of the box and just go shred on it. And then eventually, if you want to get into the complete custom customization game, you can you know you can get like a frame set which is just frame and fork for like fourteen hundred dollars, and then build everything else up. And if you go high end, you could spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to make. How much is your bike? Um, which one? <laughs> uh, well, the one that I rode here today, uh, it's a, it's a low, which is handmade here in San Francisco, actually in the mission district, uh, starting price for that frame is $1,400. Wow. And then depending on like the custom paint that you want or upgrade the fork to a carbon fork, it just, it, it grows and grows and grows. Um, my wheel set I had hand built for me, I think like when I got them, they were probably 600 together. Now you're, you know, like a few years later, that company, they're probably like, or the two companies put together, that's probably like a thousand dollar wheel set right now. Yeah. And then components on top of that are like another couple hundred or more. So it sounds basically right in line with any regular bicycle. You sure. can buy a shitty one that will fall apart on you mm -hmm. for like one to 200 bucks. You, you know, can buy a special. pretty good one for like six to 700 bucks. And then you could Sky's just go all out. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the culture behind fixed gear racing. Mm -hmm. Cause it, 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 it's one of those things that is a little bit, I guess, seeming to an outsider like crossfit or something like that like <laughs> people that do crossfit like do crossfit it's not like oh i exercise like if you talk to somebody that just exercises a few times every week it's like they're not going to tell you like i exercise but if somebody does crossfit yeah. they're going to specifically label it as crossfit yeah, yeah. i imagine that people that you don't just say to people like oh i ride a bicycle like i imagine you say fixed gear right yeah, and, yeah i say i'm a I'm a professional street racer, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. but then I also add, like, I do race, like, Sanction Road and Velodrome, like, I do, like, the quote-unquote, like, real bicycle racing, but for those of us in the streets, like, that, and this was the other appeal of, of getting into fixed gears, was seeing these illegal street events put on by messengers, so the, ba the basic history of it is, at a certain point in New York, um, the, all the bicycle couriers that... And it, 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 back then, it didn't really matter. And this is, I think, like late '80s, '90s. And people will argue that that street bicycle illegal like messenger events started in Boston, but people will say New York. So that's whatever. That's the East Coast. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> the East Coast is always fighting over their territory, <laughs> right? So, but but in a nutshell, these two cities at the same time. How I feel, they both were like, you know, we've got couriers, bicycle couriers, and we spend our day going fast delivering packages. But no one really sees us doing this. We just tell the stories of like, I did this run in two minutes and I did all city in like a half an hour. 
that's so funny. That just makes total sense. When I was in college, I was a pizza delivery boy, and Pete, like the different drivers would like brag about getting just getting back in their car like i just delivered that pizza seven minutes you know yeah. and it's like all right dude who cares yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so the same thing it's like people were just kind of like well okay put your money where your mouth is like let's meet up friday night at this chosen spot and we'll basically set up like a fake day of 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 being a messenger except instead of having to do um pickups and drop-offs like deliveries you go you still get your manifest with like a bunch of street addresses called checkpoints and you zip off, you get to the checkpoint and maybe you have to like chug a beer. Maybe you have to like run up and down <laughs> the stairs. Maybe, you know, it's like whatever the organizer wants happen. Yeah. And you do that activity, you get your manifest signed and you go off to the next address. And at the end, whoever comes in first was the fastest messenger of the week, you know, and, and thus the alley cat was born, you know, the most basic of street races and the most fun. And since then it's, exploded and it's become more than that and and almost any day of the week across the world there's some sort of like illegal unsanctioned bicycle street race and the fixed gear became a very popular tool for those races because it was maneuverable it was fast you're you know again one with a bike you're zenning out and you're just crushing in these streets and then then it became like national courier championships then became world courier championships then like the you know the the fixed gear criterion was born and all sorts of things blossomed from like these messengers in in boston and new york essentially just wanting to have bragging rights and now people get paid to travel people get paid to do this on certain scales it's not we're not getting rich you know what i mean everybody still has a day job yeah you know but it's cool to like like go out and prove your worth and like, you know, get product and like, but are the larger bike companies making fixed gear bicycles as well? Yes. Yeah. I mean, almost every bicycle company has like a, what would be called a track bike for velodrome racing. It's just people, kids or, you know, kids and couriers just took those bikes and adapted them to the street. Yeah. And then essentially fixed gear companies were birthed from that because people couldn't afford these high end frames. So a, a market was filled, yeah. you know, a hole, a hole was filled by these companies popping up and creating fixed gear street only bikes. Yeah. So let's say I I'm listening to this. I've either a never heard of a fixed gear bike before right now, or maybe I've like heard of it, but I don't know anyone that does it. Mm-hmm. Is this one of those like underground scenes? That's a lot bigger than people realize. Like how many people are into fixed gear? Millions. Wow. I mean, I I recently went to uh, an event in New York called at the beginning of this month called Red Hook Crit, and it was the eighth one, I believe. And that started from a gentleman, Dave Trimble, who just wanted to throw a race for his birthday and have his friends race bikes in Red Hook, Brooklyn. Now it's like you have hundreds of racers coming from around the world to come do this event, and then you have thousands of people spectating and watching it. And, you know, spectators actually traveling just to come watch this event like it was the Tour de France. Wow. And that, you know, that, that, that's, that's one event. Um, in 2012, I, I was lucky enough to, to head to this event called FixFest, and it was in Indonesia. And that's really where I first oh, got, so cool. got my first view of, like, that this is a global thing. There were thousands upon thousands of kids with fixed gear bikes in Jakarta coming to race with these Americans that came over, you know, myself and some friends. And 
it was really mind blowing how much like I didn't I couldn't imagine that Jakarta was gonna be like that. And that yeah. was like my first step into like worldwide fixed gear, like and now it's like that everywhere. It's blowing like Mexico City's huge. All of Europe, it's ginormous. Like it's a lot bigger than we think in the States. That's so you cool, know? man. Yeah. So is all that's happening or more and more is more money getting poured into it? Like do you have sponsorships? Are more people getting sponsorships? Yes. Um, I do ride for a few, more than a few brands, luckily enough to be supported by some great companies. Um, and yeah, kid, kids are now coming up and proving their worth and getting frame sponsorships, wheels, you know, for racing these bikes. And it's, it's interesting to see how much it's grown in just like the last two years. I mean, I started this you know, um, like, like I would officially say that, I, that probably this year has been my, my decade of riding fixed gear bikes. Like it's been 10 years and seeing how much it's grown in those 10 years. And then the last few years is it's really mind blowing. Yeah. It's really cool to see. So it's not, it's not underground. I mean, it's really like, it's a mainstream thing now. Like, I mean, living here in San Francisco, you see everybody in the mission district is all like on some sort of single speed yeah, bicycle, sure. you know? Yeah. 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 It makes sense down yeah. there. And and they might not know like, like that there are street events based around this, that there are people traveling the globe getting paid to race these bikes, yeah. you know, or just doing it for the love, like, yeah. you know, traveling these events out of pocket just because they want to be, they love the scene so much. Yeah. You know? So let's get back to some questions somebody might have if they were considering getting into this. So um, you mentioned like riding down on the mission. There's just so many freaking stoplights on like Valencia and Mission and all these roads. Are you, and you said ideally you're not stopping. So are you just trying to time everything out? Um, is that dangerous? Are you just going to like plow through a pedestrian or something? Well, I mean, of course, like the, the, the political correct question or political correct answer is, I stop at every light and I, <laughs> right, you know, right. and I wear a helmet and like, I don't ride recklessly or dangerously, but the, the real, the real legit like street cred answer is you, you, you tend to learn like with anything you build skill and you learn, you develop a spider sense, you develop like of you, you, you're able to read what's happening and you time lights and you time cars and you time pedestrians and you understand how to weave around them. Like a, a central, a friend of mine, Andy Ellis, he, he, he would say, you know, the best thing to do is to be able to make it through like a crazy intersection without anyone ever noticing you were there. Like basically riding like a ninja. You're just being quiet and you're just utilizing the cityscape to get from point A to point B. But of course, like safety's sake, you should stop at every light. You shouldn't run traffic lights because you never know what's going to happen or who's going to be there. Yeah, no doubt. You know, like like especially in a busy place like San Francisco. Yeah, and and with with the mission like Mission District or Riding Down Market, there's a million people on bikes around you, and it can get sketchy. So you do need to like I always say, ride within your abilities. Like if you're following someone that's knowledgeable through traffic, you should not depend on them to get you through. You should go your own path and be safe, you know, cause no one wants to visit you in the hospital or yeah. bury a friend because they fucking ran a light on a bike. Yeah. No matter yeah. if it's brakeless or yeah, a, exactly. a fixed gear or a road bike or a cross bike or BMX, like ride with your own abilities, you know, and, and be safe. But that being said, 
Ride fast, take chances. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well said, the yin and the yang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's an ebb and a flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So tell me about, if, if anything comes to mind, like the best experience that you've ever had or the best day, has any, like, has ever like the light of God Man. just shown upon you when you've been riding your bike somewhere? Well, I mean, every day is an adventure um, and I have a million stories, but the the most recent where where i felt like my skill set saved me and this comes into play of talking about like you never know what can happen uh after this trip to new york i i toured on my on my track bike my fixed gear from um from brooklyn to washington dc over the period of 3 days and when i was coming out of uh maryland no coming from delaware into maryland there's essentially 40 miles of just hills. It was just like up and down, up and down every mile. Um, and on Highway 40, which has a huge shoulder, it's it's super bike friendly. You're supposed to ride on the side of the highway, but you have so much space. Like you don't even feel like you're riding on a highway. It's two lanes with a meet. It's actually, sorry, four lanes. So two on each side with a median in the middle that cars can like turn into to cross over the highway mm-hmm. and um, essentially get to the top of the hill, start bombing down the other side. And this car is creeping out from the median. And I'm realizing like, as I'm going down, like she either doesn't see me she or she doesn't care and is trying to cross this highway. And I'm basically, we're going to connect in the middle and you're riding a fixed gear and I'm so riding like, a fixed gear yeah. and brakeless. And at that point, like I, that was like day two. So I think I was probably at that point, 180 miles on my legs. Well, one sec, hang on, sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like this will be important for this. So when you're riding a fixed gear, can you slow down or is it you either are going or you're stopped? There no, no, is no, not really slow a slowing down. down. You can slow down by, by skidding the wheel. You slow down. Okay. Um, but in, in that situation, because I already put so many hours in the saddle, my legs were pretty tired. So I, I was like thinking like, okay, I could probably lock this up, but I think if I just push, I could probably beat her. And essentially she had the same, like clear it before she crossed my path. And essentially she had the same idea and she sped up as I did. So we were going to meet and like, this is where the, the light of God shined on me and my skill set came out. I was able to turn, so as we came, my apex, I essentially like was riding parallel with her as she's crossing the highway. And unfortunately, I, I was going too fast and I actually came in contact with her car and was essentially shouldering her car, which means I was leaning on it, um, lean, 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 and she... She finally saw me realize because I hit her car, but I was like basically still pedaling, still riding, but leaning on her car. Yeah, it was, dude, oh shit moment. You know, like I looked ahead and the road was filled with potholes and I was like, I'm fucking going down. Like, this is it. I'm in the middle of Nowheresville, Delaware. Like, I'm done. And she luckily finally realized like, oh, this guy's like hit me and he's riding on my car essentially. So she hit her brakes and I was able to like get shot off of her and rode away safely and essentially like looked up to the heavens and was just like, thank you. That you is know? And then turned, it was pretty wild. Dude. Did you ever like, like talk to this woman or you just rode away and left? And that I, was that adrenaline was kicking in. And like, I rode up to her window and was like, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> like, did you not fucking see me? And yeah. she was basically like, I didn't see you. 
and until the last moment and I thought you would stop and I was like I'm on I was like ma'am I was on a highway with a full bicycle lane you need to be aware that this is like a way that people cycle through Delaware to get to Maryland and fucking pay attention yeah. and I honestly I wanted to fucking spit in her face but I didn't do it it's I just was like calm yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and I, I'd actually like to talk about that next but uh you know, I just calmly told her what was up and rode away and, like, let my adrenaline carry me the rest of the way to Baltimore. Yeah. But, you know, going into confrontations with drivers, always use your words and, like, don't be aggressive because you're out there representing for all of us. Like, just let them know what's up. Be calm about it. And, like, hey, man, you could have killed me. You know, or, like, hey, do you know you shouldn't be parked in the bike lane? You know, or, hey, that was a red light or a nice signal. You know, just be cool about it. Yeah. And I think she understood as opposed to me, like, being an ape and like yelling at her and like throwing a water bottle, like it wouldn't have solved anything, yeah. you know? So that, that was probably like my last greatest moment, but of course riding in, in Oakland and San Francisco every day is fucking awesome. And yeah. it's, it's a blessing to ride over here. It's really beautiful. And you know, there's, it's an amazing environment. Yeah, no doubt. Good mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, man. So why don't you leave us off with like what, words of wisdom or pieces of advice would you give someone listening to this right now that's considering oh you know i might want to try that out i I would say like uh find find a friend that potentially is if you want to get into it like i'm sure you might have a buddy out there that has a bike that like a fix your bike that maybe you can try if not most shops will let you go and test ride so definitely like go to your local bike shop support your local bike shop and uh you know, test, test ride a bike. If you like it, buy it, you know, just do, do your research really like look into parts. There's more than enough like bicycle blogs and bike forums that can answer all of your questions. Um, and then when you get out in the streets, like majority of the 50 States that say you can take the lane, you are allowed to be here. And just remember that don't ride on sidewalks. Don't go in and out of, out of like parked cars just take that lane and be, be aggressive and have fun. Yeah. You know, that's my, my biggest advice is like the bicycle is there for you to have fun on. Yeah. Don't look at it as like a children's toy. Look at it as your toy. Absolutely. You know, like, and don't, don't be afraid to get out there and get messy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also be cool and be a normal human being. Yeah. Don't be said. a dick. Like every now and then I'll be driving here in the city on a road and there'll be no other cars around and there'll be one bicycle just fully in front of my car with no one else around. Yeah. And I'm just like, excuse me, sir, if you could just move over just very quickly and allow me to get yeah, around yeah. you. And, and they're just like, no, like this is my lane. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. just let me go by, please. Yeah, yeah. Just let me go by. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like, it's just like, don't be a dick. Like if a car honks at you, don't flip them off. Just, Hey, wave. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, like realizing you are sharing the space with motorists. Yeah. We're all just sharing. You know? yeah, we're all there together. We're all traffic together and we can all get through this together and not have it be this, this ordeal. So it's like, both drivers and cyclists don't be dicks. Yeah, totally, <laughs> you know? man, totally. Yeah, yeah. That's that should be the last piece of advice right there. Don't Just be don't a dick. be a freaking dick. <laughs> uh, but actually, I want to leave with something. I I totally forgot about this because I have been lazy since I moved to San Francisco three years ago and haven't pulled my bike out of my garage. But the bike that I actually have is a uh, single speed slashed fixed gear, like one where you can flip the back wheel around mm-hmm. and that will change whether or not it is single speed or fixed gear. So single speed, for those of you that don't know, is kind of like almost like a bridge to a fixed gear if you're not comfortable with the idea of having to 
um, that, that your feet are always have to be pedaling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with the single speed bike, it's only one speed. There's no changing gears. So you might get a little bit more of that feeling of being connected to the road because you're not worrying about some other stuff. Um, a lot of the times they'll come with a handbrake. So again, like that can be transitional or something like that, but you don't, uh, you can still pedal backwards and the bike will keep moving mm-hmm. or you can stop pedaling and the bike will keep moving. So, um, if you, listening to this we're thinking okay maybe i want to try that but it sounds like a little bit too big of a leap that's also i guess another option in the in between you Mm -hmm. know and that's a lot of the the companies that do these fixed gear completes they they will come and it's called a a flip-flop hub so you can coast and that's i believe like i've seen with instruction books that come with them it says like you should start off with this so you kind of get used to the idea of having one gear yeah and you can still coast so you still have like your previous bike knowledge won't feel so weird because you're like, oh God, why is this still moving? You know? <laughs> so it, it yeah. is a great way to start off and I highly recommend that too. You know, It also makes it easier to bunny hop shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> cool. This is the first interview where I've ever contributed any piece of knowledge to anything. Awesome. So I That's feel rad. great about myself. <laughs> um, awesome. Sean, thanks so much, man. No I appreciate problem, it. man. Thanks, Blake. It's awesome.